Hi everyone, this is Lynn from Yoga Story, and we're here today with Milo to talk about yoga and trauma. Hi Milo! Hi! (laughs) Thank you for joining me today, and this is something that Milo and I have actually personally talked about uh, quite a bit, um, because I went through a divorce in the last year, and she was a wonderful friend and resource for me in um, processing a lot of that. So I wanted to get her on the podcast today to talk about yoga and trauma. Um, And let's just start off, Milo, by um, just you just finished up your fourth training? Well, now it is six. Six? I think you you saw my post. Yeah, That was my fourth training with with Dr. Ariel. So she's got six trainings under her belt really impressive and it's taken a lot of time and dedication on her part so why don't you just quickly go through the different types of training you have okay so i have had training with sarah baldwin on instagram Mm -hmm. and that was a healing toolkit but that is what originally introduced me to polyvagal theory and nervous system regulation okay and then I did another nervous system regulation that was trauma-informed about rewiring your nervous system for abundance with Serena Maria. And then I started with Embody Lab, and that's when it was Dr. Ariel Schwartz, Stephen Porges. Have you heard that name? Uh-uh. Dr. Stephen Porges. They're all big names in the trauma world. I mean, they wrote the books. Oh, nice. So yeah. it was, it's really good that I got to do Scott Lyons. And um, all the ones with the Embody Lab that I just did, those teachers are kind of interchanged. Yeah, and we'll make sure to put that in the show notes if you guys are interested um, at the end of the podcast and following these folks because they do post very helpful information on Instagram. I know I follow um, a couple of them um, because Milo posts about them. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been really helpful to me as well. any, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. Any other ones that you want to touch on? Well, no, that that's all of them. And, yeah. it, and since being with Embody Lab, I'm doing training after training with them now. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's really uh, something that's come up a lot. And uh, I think in this, the next generation is being very aware of what's happened to previous generations and how it affects them, how trauma affects generations after the actual trauma has taken effect. Um so I really, I really think that's great that people are becoming more and more aware of the effect that trauma has I on agree. the long term. But why did you want to do these trainings? What drew you to it? I, I did the training with Sarah based on I needed to heal. And mm. what, she was, what she advertised was, uh, you'll have the tools to heal after this. You know? And so that, after I did that, I realized I had all of the information and I had all of the tools. So I was regulating my nervous system. I was doing all of the things that put you in a healing place, but I wasn't, and now I, I understand it better. I wasn't changing my inner experience. Mm. So what, and what that means is you can change your behaviors. I can change my behaviors. If I don't change how I am with myself, how I feel about myself, and let's just say my worth, if I don't change that I am worthy, mm. I'm still going to behave in the way <laughs> that I'm not worthy. Oh, that's interesting you bring that up. Well, that's a big thing that my therapist and I talk about is being worthy and valuable 
and performance-based validation and love. Right. And that's what we're all, but everyone is doing that. We're all doing that. We're all performing for love or we're all trying to validate outside of ourselves and instead of looking internally. And and here's the thing with inner experience. Like I said about the behaviors and, and this is a good example. So if I'm attracted to emotionally unavailable men, <laughs> okay? If if I'm attracted to them, do I want to change my behaviors so that I psychologically can trick them into behaving the right way for me? Well, that is actually an option, but what needs to happen is I don't need to be attracted to uh, yeah. emotionally available men anymore. Unavailable men. Yeah. Un yeah. <laughs> that one. If you are emotionally available, please contact us. <laughs> and that that was actually a question that I that I asked Sarah originally was I don't want to be attracted to these type people anymore. Right, yeah. Fix this. You know, how do I fix it? And she was like, once you heal, <laughs> once you heal what you need to heal, you won't be attracted to them. You, you won't look to them for what you are giving to yourself. Yeah. So inner experience, meaning if I know my worth, I'm not attracted to people that are emotionally unavailable, that are making me feel uh, a certain way. That's so important for people to get because I think we really focus. I mean, me, me personally, I've been in, I'm the health and fitness world, right? Personal trainer, yoga teacher, nutrition coach. So, and literally my nutrition coaching is called um, behavioral and habit-based coaching. Yeah. And so we look to change people's habits and their behaviors. And that is a limited amount of change that can happen that way. But that's way. what our society and our culture is so focused on. If we can control the way you behave. Right. And, and the thing is. To produce an outcome. Yeah. Willpower. That's exactly it. Willpower. And you can. That, that change can happen. But it's so limited. Yeah. And it's not the change that is. No, I know I'm worthy. Therefore, I'm not going to interact with this type of person because they don't fulfill my needs. Mm -hmm. And it's like the same reason why, say, a 300-pound person loses 200 pounds, but they still feel like a 300-pound person inside. Right, right, right. Because we're not, we, we've changed behaviors, and we may have changed the physical, but we haven't changed the internal. But the reasons that you're doing it and feeling the lack, whichever area that you're feeling the lack in that you're trying to feed that's still there. So how does that then circle back to trauma? Well, okay. So you said, why did I do the training? The training. Yes. All right. So I had the information, but I wasn't making the change. Mm -hmm. You know, I was still attracted to, and that's my example. I was still attracted to, to the emotionally, emotionally unavailable, unavailable mm -hmm. man. And so I had to get to the root of what, what is my belief and, and get to those core wounds, address those so that I could, then move forward. And this is a lot of processes that come together for mm -hmm. this to happen. But I realized that's what was holding me back. And so the trainings were a way to dive deeper into, I've got to get to these core wounds, you know, so give me the, as a result of trauma. Yes. Trauma. Well, yes. And, and I needed a roadmap. I, you know, I don't want to hear, well, you breathe and then you, you know, it was so vague. Just meditate more. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the things, I knew all the things I had, the tools. No, I need the roadmap to get from here to here. Yeah. So that's why I dived into all the trainings. And then 
I figured out, okay, we all have to come up with our own roadmap. But I had the tools and I could map it out for myself. And, 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 and you can give those tools to other people too. That's what I'm yeah. doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and we, and well, we won't really go into it, but I think uh, people need to understand that everybody has some sort of amount of trauma in their lives. Okay, so, let, well, let's. this is what we'll go into. Okay. What is trauma? Okay. Yeah, what is trauma? So trauma is the human response to an event that overwhelms your ability to cope. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it is your response. It's not the event, it's your response to the event. So if you don't get love, if you don't get attention, if you don't get validation, if you don't get these, especially early, early attachment with your parents and your caregivers, Lots of times it's the things we didn't get that caused the trauma. So it's not any certain event, and sometimes the events are what you didn't get that you actually needed. Mm -hmm. And so your response to not getting the attention or not getting the love or not being held or all of these early attachment type things, your response is how your system came up with, I'm going to deal with this. Mm -hmm. I'm going to deal with, and when you're a little baby, you need to be held. You need to be attuned to. You need to hear love in your caregiver's voice. You need to see it in their body language. All of that is connection that we are biologically wired for. Yeah. So not getting those or even the tone of voice being off or the touch being rough, those things that it, we're, oh, this doesn't feel right, but I have to attach, I have to connect. That is for survival. When you're a baby, you have to attach. So you're overriding these things and setting up patterns really for the rest of your life on how you're getting those needs met. Mm -hmm. You know, and think, I mean, really think about that. You're, when you're having to override your own inherent yes or no, this person's screaming at me, but I still have to do what I have to do to get their love, to get their attention, to get their, you're setting up those patterns of this is how I get love. This oh. is how I get attention. <laughs> this is how, and that's the only way you know. But what trauma is, is all of that. So it's the behaviors that you come up with to, get that need met it is the your posture i mean it's you're holding that in your body the way you're reacting to the world the way you interpret the world because from then on if you know one of our basic needs connection and safety so if you don't have that connection you're going to do whatever you have to do to get it yeah you have to get that need met so I forgot what I was saying. What was the... We were talking about what is trauma. <laughs> that it doesn't necessarily have to be some... No, no, it's not an event. Events. That's what I'm saying. It's not an event. It's your reaction to it. But that react. That's what I was saying. That reaction is all of these... It's yeah. your behaviors. It's how you view men now. It's how you view yourself now. Mm -hmm. So that can set up that I'm not worthy of attention. I'm not worthy of love. They're not giving it to me. And so that's setting that up. And so you're walking around the world with this being your view. That is trauma. Mm -hmm. That is trauma. So it's not the event or it's not the thing that didn't happen. It's your human response to it. And it's something that we can pass down to. Absolutely. From generation to generation. And I think that's what maybe 
I don't want to bring judgment into it, but what people who go on the internet and talk about, oh, these generations are so soft and they're so um, coddled or sensitive. You can't say anything anymore without offending someone. Or is it simply that we've passed down so many generations of trauma that these people like this generation is actually trying to process? <laughs> <laughs> that's I've never thought about it. But <laughs> that's really you know, they're overrun. Uh, <laughs> so they can do nothing but a trauma response. Well, no, it is. Yeah, and being Same, frozen and yeah, well, all but, of that. But it, it could also be a trauma response um, to say this other generation that's come after me is so soft and needs to be coddled right, and right, you right. can't say anything without offending them that that the, that's that generation's trauma response. No, it is. I mean, and, and the truth is there are, you're right, of course it gets passed down for generation to generation, but there are there are significant things that stand out from one generation to another. Like, yeah. let's just say like our parents, those men handled themselves a different way, you know, so they were... Uh, disconnected they didn't show their emotions i mean there's some things that really stand out from generation to generation wars and yeah right and so we grew up with not being emotionally validated or they they thought their role was to work all the time so they didn't come home and say how are you yeah so i can see why you're upset yeah say, you're not strong enough and you need to stop feeling, quit crying you need to stop feeling your feelings yeah. and you're feeling too much feelings and it's making me uncomfortable because i wasn't allowed to feel my feelings instead i got shipped off to war when i was 16 year old and you know not to invalidate their experience but to say that that is also trauma that's being passed no it is and it's being uh expressed in a different way by generation, but it's still generational trauma. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And that's exactly how it plays out too. Yeah. So, well, we're yoga teachers. So as yoga teachers, how does yoga help with dealing with trauma? Okay. So, and all the people that wrote the, the books, um, the big book, The Body Keeps Score, you've heard of that book, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, okay, mm-hmm. The Body Keeps Score, or uh, Complex PTSD. I mean, the big trauma books, yoga is a section all its own it is necessary for healing why is it necessary for healing because it is it has all the onboard toolkit already to regulate your physiological state okay so the breath is the quickest way to regulate the autonomic nervous system mindfulness you're developing self-awareness and stretching stretching is important because it helps reduce body armor. Do you know what body armoring is? It's, it's kind of self-explanatory, but body armoring. Armoring. Okay. Yeah, so body, body armoring. armoring. So think about, you know. It's basically where, where people say, well, I hold my tension yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. My shoulders or my hips or whatever. Or you tense up when you go into uh, freeze, fly. Mm-hmm. You know, all of, your, yeah. all of your responses, your body has a way that it automatically responds. Mm-hmm. So you're habitually holding your tension that way, your posture that way. So when we go in and we're stretching on a regular basis, we are breaking up that tension and we're getting in and moving around and loosening up the rigid hold that we have. Yeah. You know, so that it's imperative. Muscles that we may have not used before, or we were using them and not knowing we were using them. Yeah. How we were holding our tension. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because we hold so much tension and through tightness and stress. And that would also explain, and because I a lot of times over the last you know almost decade of teaching yoga uh, in twenty 
two years of doing yoga, well, people will say, I cried in Shavasana, I have no idea why. Right, right, right. And I'm like, well, it's your body releasing whatever it is it needed to release. Right. Or feeling something that you needed to feel. So you mentioned the autonomic nervous system. Mm -hmm. Do you want to talk a little bit about the different types of, because we have the central nervous system, we have the pair, um, the PNS, so peripheral, what is it called? Parasympathetic nervous Paras- system, sympathetic and sympathetic. nervous system, and that's part of the central nervous system. And so it, it's like this is a, the quickest way kind of to, I feel like, to explain it. Okay. And this is this is relatively all new stuff. So used to it was parasympathetic, sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And we put, or it was thought to be that sympathetic was bad, parasympathetic is good. Right. You know, and if you're sympathetic, you want to get to parasympathetic because that means you're calm. Now we know with polyvagal theory, and that's why polyvagal theory and ner- the vagus nerve, all of that stuff is coming out now. That's why that's so important because it gives you the complex version of what is happening with your nervous system. And polyvagal theory basically breaks it down into, okay, you've got these different states, which is sympathetic, and that's when you're up and you have... Um, anxiety or you you also really really have to be aware that the state goes with the thoughts that are running through Mm -hmm. your head okay so that's really important to remember Mm -hmm. the state equals the thoughts because if you're in a sympathetic state and you're worried and you're you have that anxiety because you're, you're you're like this you're spun up you don't trust those thoughts in that state Mm -hmm. they are not accurate and that made me feel when i learned polyvagal theory i was like oh my god i can breathe this makes sense yeah. and, and i don't have to trust these thoughts because there was part of me like is this true <laughs> you know what and I mean? that was one of the big things when i started when in the in the yoga classes or yoga culture when i got involved in it is that i, I can't remember what teacher it was that says said it or maybe it was a book that i read that not every thought that you think is true and I'm like, what do you mean? <laughs> and that's the thing that was so frustrating to me as well, is that we've heard little statements like that. And yes, that actually makes a lot of sense. But what else? Or there would be other statements that said something contrary to that, that you were like, I'm confused. Or yeah. I was confused with all of the information. Polyvagal theory made it where I'm not confused anymore. Mm. So now I have faith in the fact that, okay, if my body is feeling this way, I know I'm in this state. So if I feel up and I'm running a loop, a constant loop of anxiety and worry, and I've got to do this next, you really feel like it's urgent and sympathetic. I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to do this. Then I'm going to be okay. Yes. Then it's not, it's not going to be okay until then you feel that urgency in it. I know that I don't have to trust those thoughts. And I know now I don't even have to listen to the worry. I don't have to listen to the anxiety. I have to switch my state. Mm. So I have to use the tools that I have to regulate my nervous system so then I can count on the thoughts or get to what is the actual truth. It, that, that Those states, and it's like, Sarah actually does a, does a really good job of explaining it. And she's like, you need to think of it when your body's responding a certain way, you realize you're unsympathetic. See a little angel, a, a little person sitting on your shoulder going, Okay, listen, you have to worry about everything. You, you have to do this, and then you have to do this, and you have to do that. The world is going to explode unless you do ABC. Now get going, keep going, and, and feeling you this, because they have to keep 
this little angel has to keep reinforcing the story for you to stay in the state. And and that and I'm shortening this so much, but this is your this is your self protection parts doing this. They this is parts of you, and this is parts work, but they're, these parts are trying to keep you safe. They're actually trying to protect you. Yeah. And so you're not going to go. Can we go this? You're not going to say f you, angel. You're going to say. You can say fuck. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I was whispering. Can we go? <laughs> you don't want to. She's say- asking the woman who has a cross stitch that says maybe swearing will help if she can say fuck. Yes, you can say fuck. And this is this is also part of it is you want to be compassionate say hey 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 miss spicy pants <laughs> miss spicy pants. I mean that's the nicest way I can think of it I hear you and I know that you're scared and I know that you're trying to protect me and and, and I acknowledge that I need to breathe right now and set these thoughts aside and come to something else but acknowledge that is what's going on and acknowledge because this is also your inner child that's in there freaking out dealing this is your trauma coming up when you're triggered this is your trauma yeah that's your nervous system and then the opposite end and this is just the three basic states is dorsal vagal which is shut down mm-hmm. and then you so you know when you're lethargic you're tired your body you know your own symptoms that tells you you're in this state. The thoughts that are running with that loop, or my personal thoughts, we all have different ones, are why am I even trying? Mm-hmm. I might as well just quit. I don't have the energy for it. I don't care anymore. I don't care. And I would say that all the time. And, and, and I would say, fuck this. You know, and, and, and mean it like, and that would be my way to just throw my hands up in the air and yeah. say, I don't care, and, and, and numb out. Whichever way I could, right? And, and you can get down to the patterns like this. When I when it was like fuck this that the, I was going to numb out in some way so it's also a part of the process to recognize this so you know you know what's going to happen next and then you can adjust in whatever way ventral vagal is the regulated state okay. that's where you can trust the thoughts mm-hmm. and that's where you can come up with the real truth like you're like I don't know what to do I would get caught up in the worry loop. Well, I can't trust those thoughts. I can't trust the thoughts when I'm depressed and the dorsal vagal, you know, shut down. Mm-hmm. Where, how do I get to the true thoughts? And the true thoughts are, are when you're in that regulated state. And you, you identify that by, some people call it flow state. I, mean, I don't know if you read that book on, but I mean, when you're in a flow state, you don't really have to think of what you're going to say. It, it, it comes it's to tough, you. Yeah. And, and if you and I are in, and, and connection is part of it, my nervous system is reading your nervous system and it's an automatic exchange. The mirror neurons, you don't have to think about it. It's automatic. So is that why you feel like some people that you yes. you can talk to for hours and some people you kind of... Right, because they're... And people are called, some people are called super co-regulators. And they're just really, they just feel good to be around. Mm-hmm. You know, they make you feel better they're safe (laughs) and and but that's (laughs) and and then and you get but that is what you do you have your sources that's your co-regulation also a huge co-regulation and a huge source of support is pets Mm. and and then you have your people but yeah in that ventral vagal yeah then you can come up with your stuff you can come up with 
what's actually true for you. And you can go, okay, hey, what do I need to do about this job? What do I need to do about this relationship? And the, the right answers come to you because you're in that balanced state. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So okay, so there they are. And there's hybrid straight hybrid states that come in between those. But basically, that's the shortest answer on, yeah, yeah, yeah. on, on polyvagal yeah, theory. Yeah, help with dealing with trauma. <laughs> <laughs> but what you the something that you said prompted um this next question and that is um the go 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 do 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 i have to do this or the world's going to come crashing in because i feel like so many people are like that with exercise sure. and they use exercise especially intense forms of exercise and i will use myself as an example because sure. i'm an avid runner triathlete lift weights um, to support what I do, do lots of power yoga, um, which, you know, none of that is bad or there's no judgment on that. But what I hear a lot, especially in the intense exercise communities mm -hmm. um, and intense exercise, like we'll just use running as an example because running is my primary sport. Um, it's literally flight, right? Yeah. It's literally flight. <laughs> so it is part of that sympathetic nervous system response well i feel like um that is more your coping mechanism right so like so let's say it's not say the response times, to it but that's what you're doing to cope with the with right. your response because a lot of people will say well it keeps me sane or running and is my therapy and it's, it's like, the same but is it it's not really no it's not it, it's your coping mechanism which means that and there's coping mechanisms and there's regulating resources. Mm -hmm. Okay, so a coping mechanism is going to numb you to what you don't want to feel. So you can go running and you can push and push and push and instead maybe feel your body and how it feels when you're pushing. You can focus and get on that runner's high yeah. or whatever high you get from it's exercise. A it's a diversion from and it's a way to not let's just say it was sex let's say it was netflix let's food. say it's food absolutely i mean that's the number one food is the number one so i mean these are all these are ways that we've learned to cope and you know what you can't even get mad at yourself for it because this is the best that you could do because you don't have the tools yet to process the big emotions that are waiting for you and it might help to an extent but I look back like on my life pre-divorce and pre, just to give their listeners a little color as to this story, I'm sober now two years in May. And before then, um, I was drinking almost daily. Um, to numb, yeah. To numb. Um, to not I, feel. You know, ever since I was 21 years old, ever since I was legal to drink, I think I've drank daily, save for some time during pregnancy and breastfeeding. Um, and even when I was pregnant, I'd have like a glass of wine a week or something like that. You know, the, the safest that you could do. Right. But it was every single night, like two to three drinks a night and intense exercise, lots of running, lots of weightlifting. Um, and then when I stopped drinking, mm -hmm. I was flooded right. with feelings and, ten, and I went to my therapist and I'm like, what the fuck is happening? Right. What is going on? And she said, you are not numbing yourself anymore. Right, right. And I was like, but and can I go back to that? <laughs> right. Because this is intense. 
And you, you can. I mean, in smaller, more healthy ways, because the truth is we're not meant to process sometimes all of that all, all at, at once. once. Yeah, yeah, not all at once. And in small doses of coping mechanisms. Yeah, and you will still have, yeah, there's times where, yes, and, and we'll, we'll get to it at some point, but I mean, processing your emotions is a practice. Mm. And, and we'll get to that, but the truth of it is, if you're in a business meeting or you're in a whatever, you can't process your emotions <laughs> there. So, I mean, you're going to have to do what you have There's to do. to appropriate yeah, to process you, your emotions. Or, or if you've got your kids and it's blah, 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 whatever it is. I mean, there are times you, you really have to do that. I mean, you have to set it aside. So it's, and you do with the bigger things that happen in life. I mean, we're, you know, death, divorce, divorce you yeah. know, big things that, that happen that are, that sometimes you don't get over. You know, but it is processing it as it comes up in a healthy way that keeps you balanced. Yes. But that in that's a whole that's a whole practice that, in be itself. Part two. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. We'll, we'll have to come I mean, back you, and address that. And you get those. You get a lot of those tools through yoga. You you do. It's just putting them in the right order so that you know. Okay. And not ignoring it because right. you can practice power yoga all right. you want but if you're using it as a numbing and coping exactly. mechanism as opposed to a, your your ability to actually process and feel right then it just becomes the same thing as any other drug and that's the thing that and i was doing that i was i was you know when i was practicing and teaching so many classes mm -hmm. I would do it until I was completely exhausted and my body would shut down and my mind would shut down because I didn't want to think anymore. I didn't want to feel anymore. So I could work myself to death until I didn't have to. Mm -hmm. So I was using that as a coping mechanism. And instead, and I was keeping my nervous system regulated. I had the community for co-regulation. I had all of the things around me, but I wasn't making real change to my inner experience mm. still attracted to the emotionally unavailable doing all the all the tools but i wasn't changing my inner experience i wasn't changing how i feel about myself i wasn't changing how i deal with myself you know I, those core wounds that yeah. you've got to get to to make real interchange. Well, I think that's going to be good for us to come back to for a part two to talk yeah. about the difference between coping mechanisms and processing your feelings or coping mechanisms and regulating resources regulating yeah. resources so coping yeah. mechanisms and regulating resources yeah. and then talking about how it's a practice it is a practice yeah to it's a practice to feel your feelings it's yes a practice to process your feelings yes <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then talk about because i think that's a lot of what is, it's the opposite is reinforced in society it's no, not right, right. feeling your feelings numbing it and yeah. sucking it up and there there's a time and place for that sometimes right, right? right. you know we like I, i'm an endurance athlete so right. doing an iron man 70.3 on the bike in the pouring rain for 56 miles is right. not the time for me to process my feelings. <laughs> right. No, it's definitely not. So, it's not even the time to listen to your body. <laughs> it's the time to you can't. pee on your bike and keep going. <laughs> so, 
so mean, maybe like then learning to discern the difference between those two, right? And 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 understanding when you're being given messages by society not to feel your feelings that that does not have to extend to your entire yeah. Life. It's not yeah. It does and and it, that does happen too where you you get this information and then you're like what and you want to swing back you know the other way you know I, I have felt like that before where I was doing all this as a coping mechanism you know working out too much. Mm-hmm. not eating you know I mean all of these things it was that was a way that I would cope and then I found out the information and was like uh quit working out <laughs> and I started eating <laughs> yeah and yeah, I was like probably became a whole lot healthier too though well yeah I mean I, and I was softer with myself but no we need the other part too is what I was gonna say it's not one way or the other it's finding the balance in between you you, you, you need both parts that's yeah, what I was gonna and say I've been exploring that a lot I'm actually gonna do a meditation series on duality yeah and those that's the, what the it polar opposites don't have to you don't have to live in either end mm-hmm. or it'd be black or white that things can be both at the same Time. And it's actually part of the process that we're going to get into. Yes. It's pendulation. and Yes. So yeah. we're going to come back to Milo on this subject because there's so much to cover, um, including uh, a series that we are going to have at Yoga Story, um, Yoga and Trauma. We'll uh, probably call it something different, but that's what it, essentially what it's going to be in Milo teaching you the difference um, and, and going through a lot of what we've discussed in a yoga setting so that people can understand that we all have this and we all need these tools and we all need to practice processing our feelings and we all need to practice the difference between coping mechanisms and regulating resources. Good. Yes. And okay, here's another thing though that I, I want to just touch on that has to do with why does yoga actually help yeah. with all of this. Okay, so there is top, there's, there's, <laughs> ways to heal there is top-down approaches and there is bottom-up approaches now these are strategies to healing top down bottom up top down is do you have you heard of them no it just sounds sexual (laughs) i guess it does (laughs) and even the way i wrote it (laughs) but this is my mind out of the gutter (laughs) but this this goes back to polyvagal theory too and vagus nerve and all of that so top down is it's talk therapy okay so this is cognitive cognitive um functions it's psychoeducation it's thought based it is the beliefs you have about yourself okay this is top down we're talking about our brain yeah okay okay that's the top bottom up is these are strategies that deal with the body so they include Mm. and this is why yoga matters is Focusing on the sensations, the emotions, changing how we breathe, changing our posture, mm-hmm. attending with compassion to our felt sense. And I mean, it is true. It, 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 well, it's attending to our felt sense experiences. Now, it, all of that matters because we are holding our trauma in our posture. If I don't feel worthy and I don't have confidence, I'm not going to make eye contact with you Mm. like I would if I didn't. My head's going to be down. My shoulders are going to be shrugged. You are holding this in your body. And and this is just a side note, but the way that we stand, different postures, they produce different chemicals in your body. Mm -hmm. Just like your smile produces chemicals. And so if you stand and you're in a five-point star, you're in mountain, you're, there, there's testosterone that is released. There's 
you feel more confident. Mm. I mean, this is this is neuroscience. This is all proven. So all of this it's kind of the the basis of what Amy Cuddy talks about. That's exactly what it is. Okay. That's exactly. And she's actually yeah, she's on a lot of quotes. Yeah, from my training, and so. Yeah, that's perfect. But but anyway, so here's the thing. With the bottom up, meaning we're dealing with the body. We're changing our breath. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're in a fear state, then you're short breath. Or sometimes we're holding our breath. When you change your breath and you're slowly breathing and you're starting in the belly and going to the ribs and then the chest, your body gets the cues that, oh, wait, she's really safe because this is our mm-hmm. safe breath. Mm-hmm. And so it tells the brain. Vagus nerve matters because it is the bi-directional highway, meaning information goes both ways. Mm -hmm. So top down, 20% only your brain is telling your body. 80% your body is telling your brain. So, and this was really, really, really important to me. For a long time when I would hear, um, change your thoughts and change your life. And it's your mindset. You're not succeeding because your mindset and you're not, that is complete (laughs) bullshit. It's not even possible. And it's like this. I hate yoga teachers that parrot that kind of stuff. And I've done it myself. But like the biggest one to me was you have to feel it to heal it. And I, I, I would hear that. And I'm just like, what the fuck does that mean? Exactly. I and know. And then I, I love TikTok. Because <laughs> 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 it was a psychologist on TikTok that, that talked about that you cannot heal right. yourself from trauma cognitively. That's that's what I'm saying. That's yes. what I'm saying. Well, yes. The way she put it, I was like, she's like, you can't think away what you've experienced. And, and think about it like this too. And it, because you said think, it, it made me, for the most part, people are thinking their feelings and not feeling them. And that's what she said. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. said you have to actually sit there. Feel like, like it you in said. your body. Let your body feel it. Mm-hmm. Use your tools your resources, your regulating resources, yeah. and allow your body to feel it, and that is how you heal it. So when I think we do sometimes a disservice as yoga teachers to just kind of parrot these sayings that we may have 100%, heard. hundred percent, yeah. You know, our the yoga teacher that we learned from, and that's the yoga teacher that they learned from, and that's the yoga teacher that they learned from, and we're like, okay, yeah, that makes sense, feel it to heal it, but they right. don't really know what that means. right. And now we have the science to back that up and we should actually be telling our classes and this is what Milo's class and her series is going to be about, part of it, is feeling it to heal it and what that actually means. Yeah, the truth. <laughs> and not just something that you cross-stitch on a fucking pillow. But, but it's, 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 getting, it's getting into the body. So think about it. I mean, biologic, just like you just said, it cannot happen that cognitively... Anything is going to change. Your body has to change. We know, neuroscience says, you have to get into the two lower parts of the brain. That's where, and that we do that by getting into our body. But we can't do it like as an intense exercise coping mechanism type no. of way. No, 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 it no. It has to be a regulating type of way. It has to be the way that we're going <laughs> to... Oh, no. Well, yeah, and now, I mean, you, now you grasp the, okay, this is the numbing way. I mean, the regulating way... You're actually having to tune into felt experiences. You're 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 tuning into your senses. And actually, okay, this is a this is another thing that kind of touches on it. We were talking about early attachment. Okay, yeah, so yeah, we yeah, all know that set the stage, yeah. you know, for how everything is showing up. So a lot of what went on there, we're still reenacting. 
-huh. you know, all, okay. all throughout. When we bring in these regulating resources, we're tuning into ourselves like should have been tuned into us, mm -hmm. but we're giving that to ourselves. Reparenting. Yes, we're reparenting. <laughs> and, and those things that we wanted to feel or that we're seeking to feel, now we're starting to feel those, but we're, we're, we're attending to and we're attuning to ourselves and what it is we need. And how do we want to breathe and how do we want to move? There's a felt sense of an inherent yes or no that we have. This is my yes and this is this is my no. In early attachment, we have to override that felt sense of no to get our needs met. I mean, it's just what has to be done when you're a baby. You're you have to attach, you have to connect for survival. Yeah. So you override if they're yelling at you, you override if they their touch is mean and their body language is bad and their facial expressions mm. are mean. You override it because you have to attach. So now with our with our yoga practice and our developing our regulating resources, we're tuning into ourselves and we're developing our inherent yes and no. What is a yes for us? What is a no for us? Because we were numbing to such an extreme that I know I lost, I don't even know, I didn't know what that was. Mm -hmm. You know, through what I was attracted to, <laughs> you, you would have thought it wasn't good for me, but because it wasn't, it, it wasn't. And I mean, you get what I'm saying, I, I will say this, you know, I took a year off from, I've been celibate for what, over, over a year, and not dated anyone, been completely emotionally sober. And also, uh, this is when I had started getting into these specific trainings. Mm -hmm. And I also backed away from everything just so it was just going to be me and my stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, and I was just going to deal with that and nothing else. I didn't have anybody else around to influence it or their stuff mixed in with mine. Yeah. Just mine. And I also knew that I was still attracted to <laughs> the, the wrong people. Right getting into this and it being i get well it's really been like two years now that, that i've been doing this. so i mean two years of doing this practice i am no longer attracted to the emotionally unavailable man and i tested it <laughs> <laughs> well it's science you have to have a control knows, yeah, I, I had to you know i really had to hypothesis we have to test it exactly <laughs> And I went back because I was just waiting like, is this, can this even be, how can I be so attracted? And then yeah, I go, yeah. and then when I went back and it was so, when you do any, being away from everybody, it made everything really clear and really quiet. So then you get around something else and then you can tell real quick, woo. But from me giving these things to myself and, and developing, developing the sources and developing the self-love. I mean, I was cultivating it. I had never been loved in this way. I had never been attuned to in this way. So I didn't really know how to do it. So I'm developing these skills, you know, within myself. But I eat, somehow I got it right. <laughs> because when I showed back up and I felt what wasn't love anymore. Uh -huh. and, I, and that's, and I, I, you've seen me post about it. I was getting attention and I took that for connection. I took that for love. I took that for support. That was just attention. And now that I've been supporting myself and I've been loving myself, I was like, that's not, that's not what love looks like. Real connection. Now yeah. I know what love looks like because I'm doing it for myself and that's not it. That's, that's, that's not it. Yeah. So when those needs 
that I was trying, they weren't even needs. I was just trying to get, I was trying to get anything I could for love and for attention, for niceness, for, you know, I was yeah. trying to get, it was interaction. Then having it, that's no longer, it's not appealing. It is very, it, it's a turn off. Then you see it for what it is and you're like, whoa. And I see where I was, and but it is a definite, there's no attraction. It, it's, a, it's a quick turn off to, you see it's emotionally immature. I mean, you see all you see it for what it is and they you can't. also know what the consequences of that will be. But the, the con that what's sad is I knew the consequences before. It wasn't enough to change your my behavior. inner experience. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, I stayed in abusive relationships mm -hmm. because I didn't have the feelings about myself to actually make the change. And so until I really changed, I have worth. I have value yeah. and I will no longer be in a relationship with someone that doesn't have communi communication skills, that doesn't have emotional intelligence because that's going to fail. Yeah. They can't meet me where I am and they, I mean, think about it, if, you can't, if you're going to have an argument with someone that doesn't have community, it's not going to go anywhere. No. It's, it's just going to be yeah. failure. Yeah. All, so if someone doesn't have the correct skills, there's no point. Right. I'm not going to get what I need out of yeah. it. You know, real need. You get to your real needs, and then you get to your real worth. Yeah. So I'm saying all of this. I stepped away, and because, you know, I had to. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you know, COVID gave you that opportunity. It did. It did. But it was also I was so tired of being hurt and being in pain, and and. You have to get tired of your own bullshit before you start making changes. I mean, I knew all the information. I just wasn't making the changes, and I was still around these people and not knowing. Where's the shift? And I mean, there's a shift. There you go. Yeah. And that's our part two. That's our part two. <laughs> yes. And, uh, if you want to follow Milo on Instagram, she is Milo Isadora. And that's M I L O I S O D O R A. And we'll put that in the show notes as well as her um, trainings and uh, some people that um, she follows that she would recommend. And then look for her series, which will be coming up at Yoga Story, um, so that if you would like to figure out how to switch from coping into co-regulation resources or regulating resources, regulating resources. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, then it doesn't have to be big T trauma, little T trauma, any trauma. You, We all got it. Right. So we all need it. We all need regulating resources versus coping mechanisms. And and we are, of course, we're going to do that program. But also, when I work with private clients, mm -hmm. it is mapping out your. It's finding your personal map. Yeah, it's yeah, your individual, individual map. This is hey, here's here's the tools. Let's figure out what worked for you, so you can start develop getting to the core wounds and start developing your own. Yes worth yeah. yeah so yoga story info for that information milo is adora on instagram thank you so much milo for joining us we'll so happy to be here part two <laughs>